0: Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie, and this is the Found in Print Italian American Stories podcast. Today's story is about Bernardo and Maria Morasco. They were an Italian American family that sacrificed and took risks to ensure the future success of their family. So, let's go ahead and get into the early life of Maria and Bernardo. Maria was born Maria Giuseppa Serra, and she was born on June 26, 1888, in a small Italian village in the region of Calabria. Maria's parents were Paolo and Carolina Serra. Maria met Bernardo Marasco when she was very young and it didn't take long before they were married. Maria was said to be very beautiful with dark eyes and dark hair. Bernardo was a handsome man who was lean with a black mustache. Bernardo was also born in the same village and his parents were Ferdinando and Angelina Marasco. When Bernardo and Maria were married, Bernardo's parents gave the couple a small tract of land to farm and call their own. They still lived in Italy at this time. Most people who lived in the village worked in the fields, but some of them ran their own businesses like bakers, blacksmiths, um, seamstresses, things like that. Bernardo and Maria did seem to struggle in the early years of their marriage, not necessarily in the marriage itself, but more financially. One day, Bernardo came home from the village piazza and told Maria that all the men were talking about leaving and going to America, and he told her that he was thinking about it too. He told Maria that he works hard all day and they are still not getting ahead. But in America, he was sure that he could find a steady job that pays well. Even though Maria was saddened by the thought of her husband leaving and going to America, they came up with a tentative plan for the future. Maria's sadness was most likely heightened because she was pregnant with their first child at this time. The plan was for Bernardo to go to America, work for a while, save money, and then come back to Italy and build them a home. So Maria gave Bernardo the small amount of money that she had saved so that he could get to Napoli, where he could catch a steamship to America. Maria only had enough money though to get him to Napoli and the rest of the money for the steamship to get him to America they had to borrow from her father her father Paulo he was already in America and he was working for the railroad in Utah and he did agree to send the money but he insisted that they needed to pay him back as soon as possible because he had already helped them out um, by giving them the land and he wanted to ensure that he had enough for his future for his children in the future when they got married that he could help them out as well Um, Maria and Bernardo, of course, agreed to this and Bernardo soon left Italy for America. Once Bernardo reached America, he met up with Paolo and began working on the railroad as well. Bernardo was a little defeated, I guess you could say, when he first got to America because it wasn't necessarily the dreamland that he thought that it would be. Um, He kind of just thought that he would instantly get a, a really good job where he didn't have to work as hard as he did in Italy and make more money. But that wasn't the case, Um, he didn't speak any English and so that was a barrier that kind of forced him into working more of the smaller manual jobs that didn't pay as well and that nobody else wanted. But Bernardo, who started going by Ben in America at this time, didn't let that get him down. He was young, he was strong, and he was motivated to make a better life for his family. So he kept working hard every day and saving his money. Now back in Italy, Maria gave birth to their firstborn child. They had a son, and they named him Ferdinando, and they named him after Bernardo's father. Bernardo wanted to go back to Italy to see his son, but he had just paid his father-in-law back for his voyage to America, and would need to save a little bit more money and work a little longer to get back to Italy. Bernardo and Maria would consistently write letters to each other. He would tell her all about his job in America, and Maria would describe their baby boy to him, the happenings in the village, and who left for America. Maria told him how Giuseppe the local baker was also leaving to go to America and so she actually kind of took over his position and she began working at the bakery now Bernardo wasn't exactly thrilled about this because he was really worried about who was taking care of their son but Maria assured him that he was being well taken care of by her mother in one letter she told Bernardo that she came home to find her mother and their son asleep in the bed and her mother was holding her son so tight that it reminded Maria of the Madonna and the child bernardo's father also came by to play with their son every once in a while and he would even watch him and take care of him from time to time maria kept busy in italy working at the bakery and spending time with their son she enjoyed taking him to the river and searching for pretty rocks she would tell their son that someday his father would come back and build them a home right there by the river and this eventually did come true because after a few years of working in america bernardo returned to italy and built them a two-story home that had bright, beautiful windows, a nice balcony, and a wonderful view of the river and the meadows. I'll post a photo of their home on the Instagram page. It's a really cool looking house. While they enjoyed this home for a few years, the lack of work in Italy started to take a toll on the family. So much, in fact, that one day, Bernardo told Maria, we have a nice house, but can we eat a house? We can't. So basically, their land was not producing enough to feed them, and Bernardo felt that it would be best if he headed back to America to make some more money for the family. Maria was not thrilled at all about this, mainly because of course she was worried about Bernardo leaving, but she was also pregnant with their second child. But ultimately the family did decide that it would be best if Bernardo went back to America. And just like before, Maria gave birth to their child while Bernardo was in America. Their second child was a little girl who they named Angelina. They named her after Bernardo's mother. Angelina was said to be a happy little girl, so much that Maria would place a towel around Angelina's waist and then tie her to the inside of the balcony rails so Angelina could talk to everyone who walked by. (laughs) That is so adorable. During Bernardo's second trip, their oldest child, Ferdinando, he actually started school. And apparently, he enjoyed school. He loved going to school, he enjoyed his teachers, his teachers enjoyed him, he made a lot of friends. Um, And Maria and her children, they were happy in Italy, but it still wasn't a complete picture without Bernardo. So Maria began contemplating leaving Italy to join her husband in America. When Maria told Bernardo that she was thinking about leaving Italy, Bernardo told her that he could pay for all three of them to come to America, but he thought it would be best if Maria sold what she could of their stuff, so that they would have enough money in America to buy a home. Maria, though, she would only sell their land, but refused to sell their home bernardo tried to convince her to sell the house because he told her that there were plenty of beautiful homes in america to buy but maria still refused she had a lot of fond memories in that house her and the kids spent a lot of time there together and apparently when Maria was getting ready to leave she would walk from room to room crying over the furniture and the fixtures but she overcame this when her mother promised she would take care she would take good care of the house for her so in 1914 maria ferdinando and angelina left italy and headed to America to be with Bernardo. They arrived in America in December of 1914. Their ride over to America was not a good one, like most Italians who came over to America from Italy. Maria described it as being basically miserable. She said it was crowded and was horrible, dirty conditions. After two weeks, they arrived at Ellis Island, and Maria crossed herself and made the sign of the cross on her children's foreheads. She also thanked God that they made it to America safely bernardo was waiting for them in the new york harbor and the family once they were reunited boarded a train and headed west the kids were so excited to be on a train to see their father and when they finally reached the little small town in utah they were so happy to get off the train bernardo he was living in a railroad camp before his family came but when they decided that the family would come he actually rented a room in town on the train ride to utah bernardo tried explaining the town and living conditions to maria But I don't think she really understood what it was like because she was a bit shocked when they arrived. Maria and the kids were definitely not used to the conditions of their new home. They were in a small room that had only one table, a dirt floor, no electricity, and no plumbing. But Maria, being a resilient woman and a good wife, didn't want to complain. And instead, one of the first things that she did was she went outside to make a broom so that she could start cleaning. And she made the broom by going out and finding sagebrush and tying them together to, I don't know, she must have found some sort of a lawn stick or pole, and that was how she made her broom. And of course she went to work right away trying to make it feel more like a home. One of Maria's biggest concerns when her and the kids moved to America was making sure that the kids didn't miss any school. She wanted to keep up with their schooling. And because of this, Maria found a school in the next town over and enrolled the kids as soon as she could. One of the first things that the kids experienced in school was the Americanizing of their names. Ferdinando became Fred and Angelina became Anne. And just so everyone knows, in the rest of this story, in the rest of this episode, I guess, I will continue to call them by their real names, Ferdinando and Angelina. On their first day of school, Maria dressed them in their best clothing. Ferdinando wore a nice suit, and Angelina had on a pretty white flannel dress. The kids, unfortunately, they did struggle in school when they first got to America. Just like their parents, they spoke no English, and they were called names like Dagos and Wops. And the two kids were continuously ridiculed and would come home in tears every day. I'm not going to lie. This made me tear up a little, especially thinking of the two kids dressed up in their cute little outfits. And they're probably so excited to be America American, go to school. And then unfortunately things like that happen. Um, it did get so bad though, that one day some kids threw little Angelina into a canal. Luckily though, some adults were nearby and they saw this happen and were able to get her out of the canal. And this is pretty scary because the canals, they can have some really bad undercurrents and those undercurrents can drag humans, dogs, whatever gets in there under the water and it can be really hard to get back up to the surface. And unfortunately, a lot of people drown and die this way. So thank goodness those adults were there to help Angelina out of the water and Ferdinando he had some pretty bad luck too he didn't come home from school one day because apparently some kids had tied him to a tree and this was the last straw for Maria she talked to the school and the parents told the school basically how upset she was but I'm not really sure how these conversations went or what came of them hopefully the tormenting stopped Bernardo and Maria wanted to try and make life easier for the kids and decided maybe they should rent a small house in the town instead of just a room But sadly, no one would rent to them. Moments like this made Maria second-guess her decision to move to America, but she refused to give in and she refused to be defeated. And Bernardo, he actually felt the same way. They were determined to make their lives in America a successful one. A little while later, the family decided that they would move out of Utah and go to Grand Junction, Colorado. And they wanted to go there in hopes that a town with more amenities and a larger population would make life for them a little easier. Just a quick personal story here, I was actually born and raised in Grand Junction, Colorado. Now, I kind of hate to admit this, but I never really knew that the mid-sized town I grew up in had a little Italy back in the day. Don't get me wrong, of course I'm very proud to be an Italian-American, but I think I overlooked this because my Italian family roots were deeply established in Denver, and Denver being the capital of Colorado, the majority of Italians that came to Colorado, you know, they settled in Denver, not Grand Junction. And my mother and my father moved to Grand Junction, but the majority of our family still remained in Denver. So for me, I think that Denver was the Italian world to me because that's where the majority of my family was. Also, Grand Junction's Little Italy faded long before I was born. So the remnants of Little Italy in Grand Junction was pretty much gone at that point. I will say Grand Junction is a beautiful place to live. It is also referred to as the Grand Valley because it's surrounded by mountains and has beautiful views wherever you look. Grand Junction is about four hours west of Denver and less than 100 miles from the Utah border. Many immigrants, they were drawn to western Colorado and eastern Utah due to the promises of plentiful jobs like working on the railroad, digging canals, and working in the thriving fruit industry. And Grand Junction quickly grew because of the presence of the railroad and the ability to ship goods out of Grand Junction via the railroad. Because of Grand Junction's success, immigrant families like the Morascos were able to easily settle in the area. They were able to find and maintain work, buy a home, and not have to travel across the country or to different towns for work because there was plenty of work in Grand Junction at that time. And because of the Italian immigrants settling in Grand Junction, a Little Italy quickly popped up. At this time, the Little Italy in Grand Junction looked a little different than the Little Italy's that were back east, like in New York City. Many of the early settlers in Grand Junction's Little Italy lived in tents and they said that they enjoyed the views of the plains and the mountains. Grand Junction's Little Italy sprang up between the rail yard and the river in an area called Riverside. So when Bernardo and Maria moved to Grand Junction, the population was around 4,000. Grand Junction was also a large hub for the Denver and Rio Grande Railroad, and that's who Bernardo worked for, so he was able to easily find work in the rail yard. The Morascos quickly became members of the Italian community in Grand Junction, and brought their wonderful traditions with them from Southern Italy. They bought a small house that was in need of a lot of repairs, but it had a large yard and they were excited about that. The family's first night in the house was filled with greetings and gifts from neighbors who were also Italian immigrants. A Mr. and Mrs. Scalzo brought a bottle of wine. A Mr. and Mrs. Razzo brought them olive oil. Mr. and Mrs. Fuco brought chocolates. They were given other gifts like puzzles, sausage, grispelle, a basket of fruit, and torali. But what astonished Maria the most was the peaches. The Grand Valley, especially Palisade, which is a small town outside of Grand Junction, is known for amazing peaches. Maria couldn't believe how big the peaches were. Mr. Abramo told her they were the best peaches in the world and that Western Colorado was God's country. Mr. and Mrs. Mendocino, who owned a shoe store, brought boots for the children. Mr. Mendocino explained to Maria and Bernardo how children out here in the West wore boots and not shoes. Then he told the children all about cowboys and Indians. Maria's heart was happy once again, and she felt like she was back in her village in Italy. But after living in Grand Junction a while, Bernardo's wages were cut in half due to a strike, and Maria started worrying about how they would pay their mortgage or buy food and clothes for the kids. One night, Maria couldn't sleep, So she got up and went to their kitchen table to think about how she could help with their financial situation. Angelina heard her in the kitchen and got up to check on her mother. Angelina knew her mother was worried about something. And even though Angelina was young, she and Maria had always been close and talked about many things. But that night, Maria didn't talk to Angelina about their financial situation. She didn't want to worry her. After she sent Angelina back to bed, it suddenly dawned on her how she could help the family. She decided that she would get back into the baking business and bake bread. Remember, she worked at a bakery in Italy, so Bernardo, he built her a brick oven in their backyard and she began to bake bread. Her bread was so good, it was sold to every family in the neighborhood. Her bread making eventually eased their financial worries and they began living a little more comfortably. They also began making small improvements to their home. Bernardo painted the inside of the house and Maria painted flowers in the front yard to make the house feel brighter. They built a chicken coop, planted a vegetable garden, and even had a goat named Billy for milk. Soon Maria was expecting their third child. It was a much harder pregnancy than her last two were, but she kept up with the household chores and was able to even help her father who would come to their house every weekend to stay with them. Maria would do his laundry and cook for him as well. On March 5, 1917, Maria gave birth to a son who they named Paolo after her father. Grandpa Paolo got to spend a little bit of time with his grandson before he went back to live the rest of his life in Italy. He bought Chestnut Grove, and went back to doing what he loved, which was working the land. But while Maria's father went back to Italy, her brother, Peppino came to America. He made his way out west to where his sister was. He was a talented tailor and a great artist, but he suffered from some health issues. He had stomach issues and could only eat certain foods. Maria took really good care of him and would try so hard to find foods that he could eat. Peppino eventually co-owned a store called Sarah Landry, which was a fine men's clothing store in Grand Junction. The family really seemed to love Peppino. In the mornings before school, Ferdinando would go to his uncle's shop and start the iron stove so it would be warm for him when he got to work, and Angelina would help her mother clean and iron Pepino's clothes so he could look really good for his business. On July 10, 1920, Maria gave birth to another son, who they named Amerigo. Unfortunately, though, he passed away seven days later. Maria was said to be extremely stoic and quiet after he passed away. And really this only broke once they laid him to rest and when they were leaving the cemetery Maria finally broke down and let her grief be shown and it took Maria a really long time to come around after the funeral she was withdrawn and even stopped baking bread after a while but little Angelina had her mom's back and she picked up all the extra chores she even took care of baby Paulo Maria eventually started coming around and in May of 1922 she gave birth to another baby boy They named him roland after a dr roland rosso who lived in the area bernardo and maria loved their children very much and wanted to see them succeed in life and not go through the same struggles that they did because of this maria was very serious about the children's education she really did not want them to be laborers or work physical jobs maria also thought that it was very important for them to be good citizens and contribute to society in a positive way she thought that with all of this combined and with just living in america They were bound to be successful no matter what. The family made a pact together that they would all work hard to ensure the success of the family. So the years went by and the family worked on their pact, and by the time the oldest, Ferdinando, was in high school, he was ready to start working as well. A new store opened up in Grand Junction called The Fair Store, and Ferdinando decided that he would apply for a summer job there. He dressed in his fanciest clothes and headed to the store, but unfortunately he was refused an application because he was Italian. That was a sad reality of the time. And I feel like that store, they probably missed out on one of the best workers they could have ever had. Ferdinando did find work, though. He found work in construction. And his job was basically to carry heavy loads of construction debris on his shoulders all day. And when he came home, Maria would take really good care of him. She would put cold packs on his shoulders. And she would worry about the calluses that were developing on his hands. And one day, Ferdinando told her that he thought she would have made a great nurse. I think about this about my own mother, too. Italian moms are definitely the best. Maria knew that Ferdinando's construction job was only temporary, and she always wanted Ferdinando to think about the future. She would ask him what he wanted to do after high school, and he said he wanted to be a doctor. He was worried that being a doctor was out of his reach, though. Maria, who was thrilled that he wanted to be a doctor, assured him he could be a doctor if he really wanted to. And Ferdinando, well, he did just that. He got accepted into the University of Colorado Medical School because of his good grades. Now, there were no scholarships or student loans at this time, So the whole family pitched in and picked up extra work so Ferdinando could go to school. Paulo and Roland delivered newspapers and mowed lawns. And Ferdinando, he even worked in the university cafeteria to help pay for school. This worked for a while, but then Angelina went to the University of Colorado to become a school teacher. And so it became even harder to make ends meet. So the family cut expenses where they could. This included their meals. Sometimes dinner was just a bowl of beans and a piece of bread. Bernardo would remark that it was a good thing their kids liked beans. Maria would laugh because she knew this hardship would only be temporary. When the Curry Canning factory opened up in Grand Junction, Colorado, Maria knew this would be a way to help relieve their financial strain. She applied for a job and was soon helping the factory process tomatoes into ketchup. She would peel tomatoes from morning to evening and she would do this six days a week. And she was able to make enough money to make life comfortable again for the family. I'm not sure if she was still baking bread at this time. I couldn't find anything on that, but I assume she probably was. Angelina enjoyed going to school, and she was described as being very pretty, but maybe a little too thin, and I bet her mother was the one who commented that she was too thin. (laughs) Um, She was also described um, as having a very strong and loving personality. So one day, Angelina went to visit her brother Ferdinando at his dorm, and this is where she met one of her brother's friends, Antonio. Antonio was a medical student like Ferdinando, and Angelina was instantly in love with him. Antonio and Angelina had a lot in common. They both had parents that immigrated from Italy, and they both had two brothers. They also both had parents that worked so hard so that their children could have a better future. Antonio's mother was so excited about Angelina and couldn't wait to meet her. She was so thrilled that her son found a nice Italian girl. Angelina's mother, on the other hand, she was not very excited about Antonio. Maria was counting on Angelina to come back home and help her pay for her two younger brother's education. So when Maria found out that she was seriously dating a boy, she called Angelina and told her she wants her to be happy but she has an obligation to her family first. Angelina was so upset about this and she started crying and promised that she would still help them out even if she got married. But Maria was also worried that if Angelina married too soon, she wouldn't finish her schooling or become a school teacher. Unfortunately, this created a lot of tension between Angelina and Maria. And no matter what her mother said, Angelina, she kept seeing Antonio. So when Maria found out that she was still seeing Antonio, she wrote to Ferdinando and asked him to help out and try to break the couple up. Ferdinando wasn't really up to this, and he told his mother that he thought they made a great couple. But eventually, he did give in to his mother and sat the couple down and somehow convinced them to break up. Angelina went on to graduate with a degree in foreign languages and eventually moved back to Grand Junction, where she taught Latin, Spanish, and French at Grand Junction High School. But Angelina was never the same after her breakup with Antonio, and Maria ended up regretting how she interfered with Angelina's relationship. Angelina fulfilled her promise to her mother and gave most of her pay to her mother so her younger brothers could go to school, too. The younger boys were growing up and starting to think about their future. Paulo graduated high school and was accepted to medical school at St. Louis University. Roland was working at a local theater while he finished high school. Ferdinando started interning at a hospital in San Francisco, and this is where he met his future wife, Marion. Once again, Maria was not very happy about this relationship, either. She told him that she was worried because he was just starting his career and was finally able to help the two younger brothers go to college. She wanted Ferdinando to wait until he was done with college to marry. And he did promise to wait, but he didn't really keep this promise because he secretly married Marion. He most likely remembered what happened to Angelina and didn't want to go down that road. But poor Ferdinando, he had a lot of trouble making the women in his life happy his wife was always upset because he still sent money back home and of course his mother was upset because he ended up marrying now paulo was also in a relationship as well and you guessed it maria was not happy about that one either she wanted paulo to wait until he graduated to get married but Like Ferdinando, he got married anyways. Maria told Bernardo that she couldn't believe that two of her sons were married. And Bernardo would remark that that's just the way it is in America, which I kind of find funny because they were married really young, but I know that that's a different time and they were in a different country, but it's just kind of funny that she is so upset that her sons are getting married. Eventually their last child, Roland, graduated from high school and he was also accepted into medical school. He joined Paulo at St. Louis University. Roland got accepted into a program where his tuition and books were paid for and the family only had to pay for room and board, so this was quite the relief for the whole family. After all the kids were out of the house, except Angelina, she still lived with her parents, Bernardo and Maria decided to buy a new home. Angelina was excited to move to what she thought was a nicer area of town. The new house was a definite improvement from their old home. Just like before, Maria became sad over leaving their home. She would walk through the house and admire all the improvements they had made over the years. She started reminiscing of all the memories the family had at the home and became even sadder when she thought about how she would have to leave all of her wonderful neighbors. But she ultimately agreed that moving to a new home would be for the best. They moved to a house on Colorado Avenue. The house was on a corner lot. It had a rose garden in the front yard and enough room in the backyard for Bernardo's garden. The house had four bedrooms, a large kitchen, and a nice parlor. Angelina surprised her parents by buying them a new sofa and a new kitchen table for the house. Maria made new friends in the new neighborhood but she always missed the men and women who made her feel so welcome when they first moved to Grand Junction. And Marie would call her friends in the old neighborhood frequently to reminisce about the days past. Bernardo was settling into the new home as well, He spent the majority of his time in the backyard planting his garden. He planted grapevines, green beans, and snap peas. His garden produced so much that he had to give away vegetables to their neighbors. Their neighbors told him that his garden was so magnificent it should be in the Better Homes and Gardens magazine. Maria would take care of the home in the Rose Garden, and to bring in extra money, she sometimes took in boarders. Angelina hated this. She told her mother that she has worked hard enough and doesn't need to take in strangers. But Maria wanted Angelina to start saving her own money because she had helped them out so much. And one day, a handsome young man ended up boarding at the house, and he immediately liked Angelina. He told Angelina that he was born and raised on a farm in Oklahoma. He also told her that he had three kids from a previous marriage. Angelina liked him, but she wouldn't quite commit to anything with him, so they kind of dated off and on for a while. Apparently, Angelina worked really hard at teaching him manners, you know, how to sit at a table and eat properly, how to speak properly. I thought that was kind of funny. Maria actually encouraged this relationship because she didn't want her daughter to be alone. Once Maria had settled into the house, she realized the house was perfect and she really felt accomplished in America. So she sat down one day at the new kitchen table and wrote a letter to her mother who was still in Italy. She told her mother that she felt so blessed to be where she was in her life. And even though they had struggled at times, she was truly happy. She ended the letter with, May God bless America. Sadly though, this letter never reached her mother, because right when Maria was getting ready to mail the letter, all communication between America and Europe ceased. World War II had begun. Many young men in Grand Junction were quickly being drafted, and Ferdinando was the first of Bernardo and Maria's children to be drafted. He was in the Air Force for three years. While he was in the European theater, he was wounded pretty badly in England. Paulo also served and was shipped over to France. He was a captain in the army. Roland was never drafted in World War II, but he did become the doctor of Palisade when the local doctor of Palisade died. So while Roland was not drafted in World War II, he did end up serving in the Korean War, and he was in the Navy. When Roland got back from Korea, he met a young woman named Rachel who was from Italy. After they dated for a short time, they got married. Bernardo and Maria were so proud of all of their sons for serving in the military, but were even more grateful that they all came back home alive. Angelina did end up marrying the man from Oklahoma. His name was Al Cornelson, and they married in 1948. She wore a two-piece blue suit and had a bouquet of red roses and white Stephanotis bells. She was apparently a wonderful mother to his three children and helped raise them. Al ended up starting the Grand Junction Steel Fabricating Company, and they lived out their lives in Grand Junction. Angelina passed away on September 15, 1999, at the age of 88. Ferdinando, his wife, and their son Joseph lived their life in San Francisco. Ferdinando had a medical practice in North Beach, which was basically the Little Italy of San Francisco. Paolo and his wife, Violet, lived their lives in Grand Junction. Paolo had a successful medical practice for a while, but retired early and invented the cool mist humidifier and the disposable surgical mask. Paolo passed away on June 23rd, 1994, at the age of 78. Roland, his wife Rachel, a daughter Mary Jo, and another daughter Emily, and a son Bernie settled in Grand Junction, too. Roland had a successful surgical practice. Once he retired, he dedicated his life to missionary work. He volunteered as a doctor in many third world countries, and when he returned to Grand Junction in his later years, he continued volunteering his services. Roland passed away in October of 2002, at the age of 80. Bernardo and Maria both lived to the age of 81. Maria passed away in 1969 and Bernardo passed away in 1964. They lived in their home until they passed away. Bernardo continued to garden and picked up a new hobby of making wine. Maria still cared for the rose garden. She would also can fruits and vegetables. In her later years, when she had trouble moving around, she made baby quilts and sweaters. Both Bernardo and Maria were the pillars of their families. They took a risk and came to a new country where life was not always easy or kind to them. But nevertheless, they persevered because they could see that future generations would thrive based off of their struggles and willingness to sacrifice for the love of family. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to the story of the Morasco family, and I hope you come back to listen to more stories about Italian Americans. See you next time.